The things in life that make you the most scared are the ones worth doing. I know many of you have heard stories along with the lines of how difficult my life is, quote unquote, or how life is so great. But have you ever asked yourself what one is trying to accomplish by sharing their own stories? Pause for a second. Maybe it's for self-gratitude. Or maybe it's to encourage others to think about making that change in their life and really making it. My story is neither. I am here to serve a purpose to help others create a bigger movement by giving to them what I never had by living their healthiest lives through fitness and inspiring and leaning by example. Take it or leave it, that's up to you, but you're here for a reason, and I'm so happy to have you on the new Run With Allie live podcast and show. Don't forget to tune in every week for a new special topic or a special guest speaker with a special topic with me, your host, Allie, every single week. Again, thank you for joining the Run With Allie live podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Run With Allie Live podcast. It is May 26, 2020. Wow, the day after Memorial Day. And we are, I hope, at the end of this quarantine period. But I hope everyone, most importantly, on here listening is enjoying themselves, staying sane, moving around, picking up a new hobby, maybe listening to this podcast. Uh, For those of you that are new on here, just to recap what wasn't in the intro uh, in this episode, I foster a community of like-minded individuals who have some sort of overlap in the fitness, uh, wellness, and running community. And yes, industry leaders of all sorts that better their lives through movement and running. And so that leads me to today's special guest speaker, who is my cousin. And she is one of the best physical therapists I know, doctors of physical therapy I know, Dana Hinman. Hi, Dana. Hi, how's it going? It's going. How are you? Doing well. Good. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining. I appreciate you. Um, Fun fact, guys, Dana is the reason why I am still running today. If it weren't for her, (laughs) (laughs) if it weren't for you, Dana, I would have jumped into the 2017 Boston Marathon and probably fractured my femur. So it's good that, you know, sometimes, you know, runners on here, when you are hurting, listen to your body. I cannot emphasize it enough. But um, back to, you know, Dana, Dana, thank you. I can't thank you enough for that. Um, just wanted to share that with everyone else here who's listening and we're going to get to Dana and just learn what she's all about. Cause I know that I raved about her enough on my own. So now you get to hear about her in her own words from herself. Uh, so Dana, thank you so much for joining. Welcome again. And just tell us about yourself, your finished journey, your, you know, everything about you and your brand. Cool. So thanks so much for having me. So my name is Dana Hinman, and I'm a sports physical therapist at Mass General Hospital's Outpatient Sports PT Clinic. Now, my fitness journey begins long before this, um, as I grew up dancing and playing tennis and was actually a, a Zumba instructor in college. And I, I often taught abs classes and things at the Boston University gym. 
Now, I always knew I wanted to go into medicine of some kind from a young age, as my father is an orthopedic surgeon, but I was unsure of what capacity I wanted to go into. Um, during high school, I actually injured my knee during dance and was on the surgery list to have my kneecap realigned. After seeing a physical therapist and strengthening around my knee, I no longer needed this surgery. To this day, my knee has really given me little grief, and I'm able to do all my desired athletic activities. So that kind of strayed me towards physical therapy. In my almost six-year career as a sports physical therapist, I've treated all types of athletes from marathon runners to collegiate hockey players to weekend warriors who enjoy recreational soccer to sometimes my cousin um, from an emergency call. Uh, my interests lie in lower extremity injuries for the most part, especially as it pertains to improving modifiable lower extremity mechanics. Muscular imbalances are becoming increasingly more common with more seated desk work, which I'm sure all of you have been doing at this point in quarantine, more computer, screen, TV usage, and less focus on strengthening with a shift towards more HIIT training and cardio workouts. I don't have a brand per se, but I've been working with a company called Recover Athletics as a PT consultant. This company created an application that tailors an injury prevention program to runners of all distances. Uh, we launched this app in early spring and have seen a lot of success in getting runners to strengthen and stretch certain areas in their body, depending on their past medical history of injuries and what they're seeing as they run. Now, this is critical for future injury prevention. So that's, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, Dana, thank you so much. And you are your brand. Like you're, you're amazing. You've had so much. First of all, I love that story. Like that's such an inspiring story, you know, that you actually experienced being injured yourself and that prompted you to kind of pursuing a career more or less in your field. So you could speak from experience and obviously education and whatnot, uh, which is, I think, very valuable in any, you know, anyone that is an expert in their profession. So I've, I've continued to learn so much from you. I'll call you. Yes. Um, you know, Jennifer, if you're listening on here, uh, you know, Dana is the reason why I got all this help about altitude training. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is like out of my wheelhouse. Who do I tap into? And I gave Dana a call and she knew right away, you know, what to do and where to get, uh, whatever was needed at the time. I'm not going to share that information here, but if any of you, you know, have any, questions on altitude training or sports related questions um, that are more on the uh, physical therapy side of things, um, feel free to reach out to Dana here. Uh, Dana, I love what you said about uh, you're seeing more muscular imbalances these days because I'm extremely, you know, and a lot of the listeners on here are interested in functional fitness for the reason of like that for that exact reason muscular imbalances having a weak core and not understanding why you know their hip flexors are hurting when they're doing you know like knee um like v-ups like with like knee like crunches like reverse crunches in um because not letting that back get weak and <laughs> activating those glutes is important kind of not just for running but um for functional fitness um could you actually speak like just like a really briefly about that? Yeah, sure. So I would say um, you probably have heard of this, but the idea of something called dead butt syndrome, uh, we talk about this a lot in the PT world. And I actually hate that term because I think no one's butt is dead. Um, it's just inactive. 
Um, and I would say, unfortunately, a lot of what we use when we're running is more of the sort of the front muscles in our body, the, the quads, the anterior tibialis in the front of the leg, um, the hip flexors, like you said. And unfortunately, what that means is that we tend to not use the posterior chain as much. So glute med and glute max specifically are, are quite inactive in most runners because we can't get into a position where we can actually utilize those muscles. So our hip flexors are tight, our quads are tight, um, and therefore when we try to, to move into our extension, we can't actually activate those glute muscles. And so half the battle is trying to build some mobility into extension and then follow that up with some strengthening of those glute med, glute max muscles. And it's not just the strengthening piece, but also just the activation piece, the squeezing of your glute muscles, which um, seems so simple, but a lot of my patients have difficulty with this concept. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've noticed like, you know, even to myself, I didn't realize how much I was not using my glute medius until I actually had to be like, try to use it. So I was even doing lateral band walks for the first time with like a resistance band around my ankles. And I was like, ow, I can't like, ow, I kept flexing my knees, kept, you know, mm -hmm. bending forward. It hurt. It hurt. Cause you know, those but those dead butt muscles that we are not calling dead butt muscles, the inactive ones were finally activating. And I was like, okay, that's what this feels like. Hopefully. You yeah. Know, and it's, yeah. Sorry. It's just, it's, I was just going to say it's something so simple as like breaking down the activation piece that um, sometimes even the highest level runners need. And um, I always tell my patients, you'll, you'll hear them all the time say, you know, I'm in whole foods and I'm trying to squeeze my right butt cheek versus my left butt cheek. And, and that is really hard. I think a lot of people have a really hard time isolating one glute max from the other glute max. And it, you know, it's, it's even just things like tapping on that area or, um, or even like I use a metaphor, like you're, you're, there's a marble between your cheeks and you're trying to squeeze that marble. It's, it's something so simple as that that can get people to actually have that mind body connection to start to fire these muscles correctly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, consistency, but that's actually hilarious that you had people in Whole Foods just trying to like, you know, probably spacing out the shelf for a second. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, what else are you doing when you're waiting online? Might as well just I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? You know, why not practice those PT exercises at Whole Foods? Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. See functional fitness at its finest. There you go. Um, so, uh, I'm going to jump around a little to, cause we're, you've mentioned a lot about runners and I just really like the, you know, the momentum and munition that we've kind of, uh, amped up here. And so I guess, what would you say that you've seen is the number one reoccurring issue amongst runners? Um, uh, definitely, um, discuss what you've seen in marathon runners, but I know that you've treated many Boston marathoners pre and post race. Yeah. So we'd love to hear. Yeah, from I was you. actually, interestingly enough, I was treating a lot of Boston Marathon runners right before this pandemic. And then obviously everyone's been put on hold um, and hopefully will be in September. Um, but I, I would say the biggest thing is just not nearly enough time is devoted to strength training and mobility work. Most runners set aside however long they need to run for their respective mileage, which is a lot for some of these runners. Um, but they don't leave enough additional resources to strengthening, stretching, mobilization, which are both critical for injury prevention. Um, just from a biomechanical standpoint, low distribution, especially through the lower extremity and spine, 
depends on the forces of the muscles, joints, and bones. If there's not enough muscular support or mobility through a joint, bone stress injuries can be quite common, especially in long-distance runners like marathoners. I even see this in novice recreational runners who are just not appropriately training or not building up appropriately their mileage. So I don't think this really only applies to marathon runners, but I think just based on how many miles they're running, it's much more common. Yeah, you know, and I love that you said that because people, various people have different opinions about strength training. Um, You know, I think that many people do, but it's in common sense, if you think about if you think about it and you break it down, um, listeners on here and to my people, my runners as well, I always emphasize mobility before stability. And it's a real thing. Like if you, if you backtrack and you think how, how you're going to strengthen yourself, well, first you need to be able to move a joint through its full range of motion, which is in, that's the 90 90s, the mobility work, um, 90 90s, it's, you know, making sure your hips could rotate through their socket appropriately before you start to strengthen them and go ahead and do all this stuff. Because if you're strengthening them, that potentially could lead to muscular imbalances. And if you don't do any of that, I mean, that could be setting yourself up to get injured. And we're trying to prevent injuries from happening here. Um, so Dana, a question, have you ever like, do you, oh, I feel like there's a common misconception that people should only go see physical therapists after they're injured. Um, how would you respond to that? Yeah, so I, I, I wanted to reiterate something that I think is, um, is, is a common misconception among um, just fitness professionals, uh, you know, just any sort of uh, fitness individuals is that injury prevention and physical therapy are technically two separate entities, at least for now, right? Uh, What I generally am seeing in my clinic are patients who are already injured. And it's unfortunate because, you know, usually it prompts someone to go see their primary care and then they get a prescription to come see a physical therapist, but they're already past the point of kind of no return or a point where they're, they're having to stop running at this point. Um, most of the time they're either losing mileage, they've already altered their gait mechanics, or they're just discontinuing running completely because it hurts so much. Now, I wish we could be more proactive and catch these individuals before they get hurt, but this is not the case to date. I would say most of the time, especially runners who are pushing through, you know, discomfort that they think is normal, um, we're not seeing these patients until they're quite injured. From an injury prevention standpoint, Um, I don't think there's one specific recipe on what each runner needs. Um, Everyone's body mechanics are are very different, and and therefore everyone needs a different prescription, a routine on where to focus their efforts. I think someone like you, Allie, can be so important in watching how people move and um, specifying a a program based on how they move. Um, And I think, you know, looking at just the joints and, and the motion through those joints and how strong muscles are through functional activities, I think that can be so critical. Um, but I would say most of the time, by the time I'm, I'm seeing a runner who's injured, these biomechanical deficits are kind of, you know, are, are pretty severe um, to a point where uh, sometimes it means shutting them down from the running. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I first assess in my runners is form. And, you know, I just like to see if I'm virtually we're doing a lot these days, uh, seeing how they move, 
different movement patterns, like the FMS, just taking, extrapolating, you know, what's working, what's not. And if it's beyond like my realm of, um, you know, of what I do of expertise, then I will refer them out. Uh, and based on where they are, you know, is based on where they are. However, since things are being virtually kind of dispersed these days, things are changing and, you know, people like you get to reach more people in around the world country. Are you, you know, right. I mean, your work. Yeah, you're... I would say, I would say, I think there is more education just from fitness professionals like you, from um, exercise physiologists, people who are, work, you know, even um, marathon trainers, um, uh, even nutrition coaches, uh, people like that are really sending patients to PT earlier, which is so helpful. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of insurance companies, and this is something that I think we're going to run into even more going forward is insurance companies are not covering some of this high level um, injury. And so, you know, if someone can walk up and down their stairs or if someone can, you know, squat to the ground, well, they're kind of maxed out from an insurance standpoint. So a lot of this is private pay that becomes really expensive. And so my hope is that a lot of physical therapy will turn to more preventative measures and, and catching these people before they're seriously, seriously injured. Yeah, you know, and just that, you know, I, I find it very valuable to work like closely with physical therapists and, you know, just like gain knowledge because, um, you know, as a run coach, like I and, you know, being an athlete and having worked with you guys, I mean, it's we have different skill sets. You, of course, have the degree. And I, I just think that, you know, we could learn so much from each other. And yeah, insurance is a lot. But it's important that like someone that's a, a high level runner should really see a physical therapist before and I, or a preventative injury specialist um, rather, because I, it's, it's a dangerous sport. It really is. It's a long way to go without doing that. You know, if, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, um, you know, just based on the mileage that they're, they're doing, especially towards the end of their training when they're doing, you know, 20 miles, 18 miles, whatever it may be. Um, I think, you know, there's going to be things that pop up for, from a pain. I think it's natural for that to happen. I think runners are probably some of the most mentally strong people I've ever met. I mean, they will push through just about anything until they literally can't walk over the finish line. It's just, it, it's, it's really impressive to me just how their mind can just, you know, supersede anything going on with their body. But in a way that can be also problematic because then you're seeing people who, you know, now can't run a mile and they're planning to run a marathon in a week. And they're like, how can you help me help me? And it's like, well, this is kind of too far gone. We need to like take a step back and, you know, talk about, you know, when's the next marathon, let's get you to that point. And so I find that really frustrating on my end because all I want to do is, you know, get this person over the finish line. And, and sometimes they do, sometimes their mind just, you know, they'll limp the whole 26.2 miles if, if I let them. And, um, you know, if there's not a stress injury, I'm like, go for it. But it, it's just, it's really impressive how runners' minds can, you know, can almost like shut off pain in some ways. Um, but at the same time, that can be really problematic. Um, and sometimes it's a lot of education for these patients on, you know, if we can calm down this inflammation or pain or whatever you've been having, well, you can, you know, take it to the next level the next time you train for something. And, and like you said, Allie, a lot of that comes with strength training, mobility, um, you know, stability, functional exercises for runners specifically. 
Um, and we can certainly talk more about, you know, some functional strengthening. But, um, yeah, I, I would say I, I've just been really impressed with working with these runners and, and seeing how, you know, how how emotionally they're invested in this kind of work. Yeah, it's, it's a, it is an emotional sport. Oh, my gosh. And it's also a mental game. Huge. Yes. Runners have a different mindset. But um, back to what you were saying about functional movements. Um, this is going to be more objective because we don't really have an individual to talk about. But in general, um, just for someone that maybe is getting started, like, you know, moving around, maybe they have butt, dead butt or inactive glutes because they sit all day and they're a sedentary individual. Uh, or maybe they're a recreational runner. What are like the top three body weight exercises for strengthening um, you would maybe recommend for them to do that would be doable yeah. in their hands? Yeah, good question. I mean, I, I would recommend a hip flexor stretch for just about every person who sits at a desk. And that can be a dynamic hip flexor stretch. After running, I'd probably recommend a static hip flexor stretch because um, you're nice and warmed up. Um, but that would that would probably be something that I see across the board is that most runners and actually most people in our community now have tight hip flexors. So that would be number one. I think that also kind of opens up the hip to allow for more glute strengthening, um, to allow for more extension of that hip. Um, the second exercise is something that is, is quite simple, but a, a bridging progression of some sort is just so critical for activating the glutes, again, kind of pushing into that extension. I think a lot of people will go straight to the single leg, uh, single leg bridge, which is so hard um, and, and so hard to do correctly. So I generally will start with a double leg bridge. And if, if people are doing that right, that feels like hard work um, when you're squeezing your glutes and you're pulling into that extension. And then um, I would say thirdly, I'd probably give someone some sort of glute need work, whether it's a side plank or um, a, a band walk um, or even a side leg raise progression. Um, I'd like the side leg raise specifically because, again, you're kind of pushing into that extension. Um, but I find a lot of people do that one incorrectly because they're not keeping their core tight and activated. So it, I have to see these people to really know exactly what they're going to, you know, do or, or what I'm going to give them for home. And oftentimes, for me at least, when I see patients, I'm trying out a few exercises with them and saying, okay, you know, that one they didn't do so well because they were using their back instead of their glutes or they were, you know, they were, they couldn't really coordinate the motion. So oftentimes, you know, when I evaluate a patient, it's, it's trying a bunch of different exercises and then saying, okay, these are the three I want to send you home with. Mm -hmm. But generally those would be kind of my starting point. That's excellent information. And I love that because you, it, you really customize it for the individual. And I work the same way because I don't, I don't just throw exercises at people. And that's, I'm sure your clients see a lot of value in that. There's so much value there uh, because you really tailor it to someone specifically because yeah, I, sometimes people overcompensate in areas because they just, there's something missing and you got to like dissect that and figure it out. So I think that's amazing. Um, helping people's lives here, <laughs> seriously, through better movement. Um, so I guess that, yeah, this is, I got to ask you this question. Uh, as a runner, run coach, just obsessive fitness aficionado, what, um, what would you say is the number one most important thing for any runner to incorporate into a 
a holistic program in relation to injury yeah. prevention? Yeah, so um, all the exercises that I previously mentioned are kind of preparing you for um, what I call a single leg squat. And I'm sure many of you guys are familiar with this, but doing a single leg squat correctly is incredibly hard, um, but eventually necessary because it's very functional for running. Single leg squats are what you're doing every time your foot hits the ground, but now you're adding three times the amount of impact to that. Are we talking um, about pistol squats? We're talking about pistol squats. Yep. Um, I generally will. So single leg squats um, mm -hmm. are, you know, you put a chair behind you or, or a box behind you and you, you sit back onto um, the chair with one leg and the other leg can be out in front of you, it can be behind you. But the idea is that um, eventually you translate, translate that into a single leg hop which is exactly what running looks like. And the idea is that you want your hip, knee, foot, ankle all to be in the same line, and you want your core to be sort of right and the trunk to be right over the hips. Um, but this is really hard. And so there's a lot of buildup to this point. Um, but I think once you've built up the strength and mobility and stability, all the stuff you're talking about, then you can add this into a program and maintaining this exercise through your program um, while you train is it, critically important because it just, again, is so functional for what runners do. Yeah. So that's single legged plyometric work, like the force mass production, like the jumping is that's, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, I do this a lot with my like agility athletes, like my soccer players. And there's a lot of actually, there's a lot of research uh, for single leg hopping for ACL prevention um, and, and, you know, fixing those biomechanics, but not only that, uh, runners generally are really good with sort of front-to-back motions, but when it comes to sort of side-to-side -side work, they're not as good, but they still need that stability control. So that's mm -hmm. why things like band walks are so great, because you're working in that plane, and then you're carrying it over with an exercise that actually is functional. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, you know, anything rotational, like, that's why I fell in love with boxing, because I was, like, rotating my upper body, getting like, just, I was like, wow, what are these muscles? Like, I don't work these at first, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, for those listening, that's, these are two planes of motion, like frontal and transverse planes are not really worked by runners as in rotating, twisting, or like side to side with the band walks or lateral lunges. Like Dana was just talking about, uh, we tend to walk like forward and backwards and also run forward and backwards. Usually, unless we're like weaving at the beginning of a marathon or just yeah, if you're doing that in the middle for some reason, I mean, can't really hurt to be strong all over. Could only help, Absolutely. right, Dana? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say I would say runners generally think that most of the muscular support that they need is is the front to back sort of muscles, the quads, the hamstrings, the calves. Well, the problem is those muscles get really overworked and tired, especially with 26.2 miles. Um, or, or if you're talking about, you know, Ironman or, or, you know, heavier distances, then that's obviously even greater. So um, I think trying to explain to a runner that they need more, you know, sort of frontal plane stability um, is, is a hard task, but it, it's one that I think runners really need to understand from a biomechanical standpoint. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just like being like kind of um, – 
easier um, and, you know, fun. I guess like just enjoy, like you don't want to make it seem like a daunting task to do these. So to the delivery of like how to incorporate these I've found has also been an important thing as well. Absolutely. I think um, especially runners who are not used to strength training, giving them 10 exercises at a time to build into their routine is, is not feasible and they just won't do it. So the idea is, okay, so you did your, you know, your cross training, let's say you swam on one day, well, pop right out of the pool, grab your band, do some, you know, quick band walks and, and, and you know, give them one or two or three things to start with and see how they do. And if they're compliant with it, then you can start adding more and usually they like it. Um, but again, most runners are runners innately. And so doing other exercise beyond that is a really challenging kind of barrier to, to get through. Yeah, so the best way to get in touch with me is probably via my email. Um, I have a, I'm at Mass General, and so we have a partner's email. So it's just dhindman, H-I-N-D-M-A-N, at partners.org. Um, I am in the Boston area, so if you're there too, um, you can come see me in the clinic. But I also do some private visits as well and would ha be happy to, to Zoom call with you. Um, if you're close by, you know, I can drive to you. Um, but it, it's definitely something that I, you know, I want to be accessible to anyone who has questions about injury prevention, about injuries that are already existing, um, which is, you know, really my bread and butter. Um, I think the, the thing that I, you know, I've worked with so many runners, and I, I think the mental strength I've already touched on, these runners are just so incredibly strong. Um, I'm in awe of how they recover from injuries with grace and poise. Allie, you're a great example of that. When I told you that you couldn't run the marathon, I mean, you were obviously devastated, but you came out on top and look at what you're doing now. I mean, it's incredible to see the growth in, in these individuals um, because telling someone they can't do what they want to do, especially running a marathon, maybe their first marathon, maybe one where they've, you know, raised money for a charity, it's heartbreaking for me. Um, but it makes it easier when they trust my opinion, when they can move forward and realize that this is not, um, you know, the first time they're going to run a marathon. And, and this probably isn't the last because most marathoners run one and they say, I'm never going to do that again. The next year they're running it again. So I think, um, you know, I, I just, I've received so much feedback from my patients about their recoveries. And it's just so inspiring to see what people have done beyond uh, my care and, um, I'm just honored to be a part of these, you know, patients journey because they are just incredible. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I obviously, I wanted to have you on here because, um, just everyone on here is speaking from firsthand experience before I was even in the fitness industry and I had to pull myself out of the Boston marathon. I almost didn't. Uh, and then I spoke to Dana and I remember you saying to me, do you want to never run again? And I said, I, that's like, it hit home for me. Cause I, I just wasn't, my mind wasn't there. I was frantic. I was at the Boston marathon. I was in Boston and I was like, oh no, I want to, I better run again. So I, it was, yes, it was heartbreaking, but I knew that you were doing it out of love and from your heart and just from what you do, like you were just like, please don't do that. <laughs> like, you don't understand. Like, it's not a joke. Yeah, this is serious stuff. And so it's, you know, preventing like injuries and just seeing a specialist like you, I can't emphasize how important it is when anyone's uh, training for a marathon. And, you know, even now, even though races are on standstill, people are still training. Um, 
my runners are still training. And so I think it's so important to just get in and see a specialist like you, because why wait? Absolutely. I think actually probably more people are running now than, than they ever were because the gyms aren't open. And um, again, that's becoming even more of a priority, you know, outside of other strength training stuff because people don't have materials at home. Um, some people don't have exercise equipment at home, just, um, you know, bikes, uh, ellipticals, things like that. So I think, and, and I also think everyone's trying to get outside in some capacity during the day. So um, whether it's going for a walk or a run, you know, people are definitely trying to get out. And so I think um, running injuries are, are popping up even more now in people that are, one, not as experienced with running and are, you know, going out and enjoying it. And then also people who are still training for whatever it may be, you know, this year or next year. Um, so I, I would definitely encourage, even if it's via Zoom or, you know, via a, a virtual visit or whatever it may be, trying to work these injuries out uh, versus waiting till it's too late and, and having to, you know, maybe cut out of a race or um, run a race slower than you normally would. Because what it means is if you get the treatment earlier, then generally you can, you can run at your desired speed and, and, and this era. Knowledge is power. And I, I think every coach is a coach. Thank you so much for joining the show. And yes, I will, you know, see everyone on here listening at the same time, same place next week. Thank you so much, Dana. Thank you guys for listening. Have an awesome day.